Dr. Steve Trenzo. On today's episode, we will be discussing what would you say to your 18-year-old self? At the age of 18, you are fresh out of high school, attending college, so you think you're grown. In reality, you have so much to learn about life. My co-host for today is Ms. Vanessa Anakbo. Hey, everybody. Our guests joining us today are the Assistant Vice President, Dr. Tiffany Pogue, and the Director of Quality Enhancement Plan, Dr. Raven Payne. Good morning, everyone. They are here to share their college experience and the advice they will give to their 18-year-old self after experiencing more life. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Let's get to know our guests. Could you all give us a little background information on how you made it to Albany State University? Oh, you're asking me to rewind a long time. I started at the university in 2014 as an assistant professor in teacher education. I was coming from Atlanta where I did my postdoc at Emory University in educational studies. I really was focused on coming to an HBCU. My brother graduated from Albany State back in the day in, in 96. Um, and so I wanted to be on an HBCU campus. It just so happened that ASU was hiring and I was able to come here and start in teacher ed. So that's how I got started with Albany State. So you've been around since the 90s, actually. Huh? Yes, yes. I'm coming to visit my brother and hiding out from Tallahassee and things like that. Yeah, I was here. All right, Dr. Payne? Well, my journey is almost similar to Dr. Polk's, um, although I am only a year and some change um, being employed here at Albany State. Um, because I am a proud graduate of an HBCU, I knew that in my professional journey um, within higher education, I started out at a PWI, predominantly white institution, that I wanted to end my career journey um, at an HBCU. Um, Albany State, as you said, was actually hiring. Um, and it was within a position where I was starting to get some grounding um, with my former employer. Albany State gave me a chance, um, and here I am. I'm sure Albany State is glad to have the both of you. Now, after experiencing more life, what piece of advice would you give your 18-year-old self? You know, that's a good question. And, um, you know, there is a saying in the black community that youth is wasted. No, how's it go? Youth is wasted on the young. Because when you get old, you realize, oh, I could have had a lot more fun, or I could have done this in a much more efficient way if I had known what I know now. So. Thinking back to my 18-year-old self, I think the best piece of advice I could give her was to show yourself more grace. You know, you go through life and you think you're the only person who has experienced this thing. Right. And then you don't want to go anywhere. You don't want to do anything. You kind of, you become your own worst critic. And I remember one of my mentors said to me one time, don't give other people bullets to assassinate you. And often that's what we do when we're hard on ourselves. We, you know. We hide from opportunities, we hide from relationships, we hide from sources of help because we think other people are judging us. When then the reality is, um, all of us got dirt. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think we forget that. So give yourself grace. Yeah, that grace piece is very important because I wish I had extended myself more grace when I was 18 because I was uptight and I was a routine person. My friends say, right. Steve, relax a little bit, it'll be mm-hmm. all right. But 
I wanted, I had a plan for myself and I made sure I hit every benchmark to achieve that plan. All right, Dr. Payne, what about you? Oh gosh, I, I just reconnected with my 18 year old self <laughs> over the weekend. So I'm, I'm telling you guys how old I am <laughs> because over last weekend, I celebrated with many of my classmates our 20th high school class reunion. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't wow like that, Vanessa. <laughs> um, but in that moment, um, I remember looking around the room and saying to myself, I wonder if we imagined or saw ourselves at 18 who we are today. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to myself, it was so okay just to be you just to be your authentic self. Um, Somewhere or another, especially 17, 18, you're starting that that first chapter where life tells you you're an adult, right? Right. And we are nowhere near (laughs) being adults. Somebody is still taking care of us, still paying bills, still feeding us, still clothing us. Um, But even in that moment, we we forget and we lose ourselves, like Dr. Polk Mm -hmm. says, that grace and I can remember 18 and and my HBCU was other wonderful intelligent black young women who all had almost the same resume right top of the class Mm -hmm. you worked hard in your extracurricular activities community service wanting to start different clubs and organizations yourself and I can remember at some point in that moment saying it's okay to just be me. I don't have to be her. I don't have to be her. I don't have to be, you know, my my mentor if that mm-hmm. at the moment. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be, you know, what my mom was saying <laughs> for me to be in that moment or my grandmother just be you. Right. And in that reflection that you see in continuing who she'll be in the next 20 years (laughs) and I'm sure 20 years ago I probably would not have because doctor wasn't it or being in higher ed wasn't it but just having that moment to say be you to continue to identify with who you're going to turn out to be and what that purpose will be for yourself and not what everyone else is attempting to define for you and I think that is what most students miss is that you have to you don't have to change to actually be somebody. So my other question is, what advice would you give someone who wants to pursue your career or your pathway? Good, because I wanted to add something on to your last statement and this allows me to do it and answer the next question. (laughs) So one of the things I think is important for young people to understand is what Dr. Payne just talked about. You don't have to do it the way other people do it, Mm -hmm. right? So um, I was watching TikTok. Y'all know I'm addicted to social media. So last night on TikTok, there was a young lady and she was saying, I'm tired of everybody having the baby hair swooped with the bust down the middle part, with the contour done the same way, with the same fashion. I'm sick of that. Um, Because some of the individualism that makes the world beautiful is missing when we're all trying to mimic the same style and aesthetic. And part of what I want our young people to understand, I can't believe I just said that like I'm old. But one of the things I want for young people to understand <laughs> is that you're beautiful as you are right. with the interests you have and the things you think are beautiful, not necessarily that they have to fit on trend. So for someone wanting to have the career I currently have, I would say don't do it the way I did it. Mm-hmm. I'm a college dropout. 
I sat out for 10 years. I, I wasted a lot of time because I didn't pursue the things I wanted to pursue because I was too busy trying to pursue the things people told me to pursue. Right. Right. My parents wanted me to be an attorney. So my first major FM was public relations because I wanted to be a sports agent, but I didn't tell them that. Mm -hmm. I didn't make connections because I felt stuck in this thing that wasn't me. And then I partied my way out of school and all the other kind of stuff happened. So don't do what I did. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important for you to, at this age, if you do have the career aspirations that are set and they're yours, not given to you by somebody else, it's important to do that research to figure out um, what are the expectations? What's the level of education I need? Right. What kind of extracurricular activities would help me on my resume? Network with people in the community that may be affiliated with that career, so on and so forth. But I think it's important for us to remember you can't do, it's not a play by numbers thing. Mm -hmm. You can't do exactly what Dr. Porter did or Dr. Transo did or what Vanessa is doing. Mm -hmm. You can't do it like that. You have right. to do what comes naturally to you and you'll succeed if you're doing what you want to do. Right. Gosh, I agree. And I love, do what naturally comes to you. That is so true. And, and I think for me, that resonates because my profession found me. <laughs> I like I said I never would have imagined being in education or especially being in higher ed but it was one of those opportunities where I didn't even recognize it was an opportunity one let's put it that way but it's an opportunity that landed in in my lap and it was like almost in reverse mm -hmm. actually I my parents too when I finished I started my educational journey thinking I wanted to be an attorney. <laughs> and I remember going to my intro to poli-sci class every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 2 p.m. and going to sleep. <laughs> and I remember saying, by the second week, if you don't get it together, your mama is gonna make your butt come back home if you flunk this class, mm -hmm. right? Just this one class is what I was fearful of, right? And I did that whole thing of, I, went, I tried to follow the path of, mm -hmm. of my um, dorm mates at the time. All of them were in econ. <laughs> I was like, well, let me try. First seat ever in my life. And I said, never again will I follow the path, <laughs> follow the trend. Because I wasn't a C student, so I wasn't used to that. So I remember saying to myself, why don't you just go back to what you enjoy? I love words, right? I, I I love reading, and because of that, writing just became natural mm -hmm. to me. So I was like, just go to English. And if you did want to have um, go to law school, you can still right. do a pre-law right. track with an mm -hmm. English major. But actually, that's not even what happened. I found myself minoring in something totally different. But what I didn't notice is that every internship every part-time job had something to do around education right and i wasn't even paying attention to it and finishing graduating couldn't find an opportunity everybody wanted to be in atlanta right on trend mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. <laughs> where all young black professionals want to be right and could not find a job to save my life y'all it, it was not working out i called home coming home mama had already worked it out for me <laughs> Still looking out for me at 22, right? Still not grown, still not an adult. First job opportunity was in writing. It was at our small newspaper. I was staff writer. I learned how to paginate the paper, lay out the paper. But guess what I was also doing? 
I was an education editor. Wasn't even recognizing the pattern. Worked so well that the local school system saw the work that I was doing, created a job, offered a job for me in education. And then eventually I found myself into higher ed. There was something that said, just stop fighting it. <laughs> this is the path that has found you, right? And becoming an educator, starting out as an instructor teaching English, um, I gained a passion and it was more so the passion of being able to help influence others to help them see their potential, to help them create the purpose that they needed. And then eventually, as most educators do, we say, you know what? I think I can make a difference outside of the classroom. I'm in it. You know, I see the real issues and concerns. Let me step my foot outside of it and see if I can influence the systems and the processes that we're putting in place to help students become who they want to be. So my journey, Sometimes it, it is not a journey of, Dr. Transo said, I was routine, right? I had every benchmark planned out. I met every bit, still to this day. <laughs> but my journey was just the opposite. And it, and it reminds me of, I always hear myself, and as Dr. Pope was just saying, I don't like to fit in. And so my journey was exactly that. It was a journey that chose me, but I did it my way. And now I'm excited about, you know, where I am, you know, continue to, to get the necessary degrees that I needed to go on the path of, you know, Dr. Porter is one of my mentors today who I do <laughs> value our conversations to say, you know, how do we get to where you want to be? To ensuring that, you know, I'm still getting the experience, the skills, the knowledge that I need to continue to, in the next 10 to 15 years, where would Dr. Payne be? Right. So you speak about influence. The power of influence is real. Working in post-secondary education, you encounter a lot of students. Have you ever met a student that reminds you of your college self? If so, what qualities did they portray? I'm not gonna say her last name, but I'll say her first name. I had a student named Winter. Winter was smart. She didn't turn in her work, but in class discussions, she had incredible insight and she just, she was, I mean, brilliant. She was brilliant, but I don't think she saw it because the grades didn't reflect it because she wouldn't turn it in work, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what enamored me to her was that I recognized that pattern. A lot of my students have it, so it's not just winter. A lot of us have where you're smart, but the work just seems, you lack the confidence to do the work. Not that you lack the ability, but because you don't have the confidence, you're not coming to class, you're not turning in assignments. And sometimes it's easier to, to pretend to be cool and that's not why you're doing it when in reality when so when you are alone by yourself it's the confidence issue and so she and i had a lot of conversations about she didn't really want to be a teacher um, this is something that her parents wanted mm -hmm. and eventually she dropped out of school but we're friends on social media i told y'all i got the addiction we're friends on social media and now she's a professional dancer and she wow. dances on a lot of tours she's been on award shows and all of that and i'm just i'm so pleased because she let go of everybody else's expectations and mm -hmm. pursued what was most important to her and i think when you're able to do that then the road just opens up for you right. some of us are hitting the wall because we're in somebody else's lane mm -hmm. like we're not supposed to travel that way 
And I'm sure that if she ever decided to go back into academics to finish her degrees out or whatever, because now she's more in touch with her own joy and passions, she wouldn't do so without a problem. But I think that's the biggest thing for many of us is just to stop trying to do other people's work. Right, follow your heart. Mm -hmm. So my next question is, what are the best resources that have helped you along the way? You know, I think um, Dr. Polk said this earlier about talking to your 18-year-old self. And it's maybe a part of our conversation. We talk all the time, guys, <laughs> that we had yesterday. Taking the risk at 18, because often we're intimidated, right? Um, and we're usually intimidated. And I love the way she just said it, because of the work of others. Mm -hmm. So when we're looking at 18, looking at we're supposedly an adult, I'm sure somewhere we said, I can't, I won't, I will, I'll do it different. You know, how others have maneuvered in life, it tells us, you know, what we think we wouldn't do and this, that, and the other. But a lot of what we miss, and my dad says it all the time, is that at the end of the day, yes, your education, your skills, your knowledge, your experience, all very key to being successful. But one of the greatest re resources that we have today are people. Right. Um, building those relationships, building, being able to network, especially with those who may share a similar experience mm -hmm. or a similar path as you, not being afraid to, you know, to reach out mm -hmm. for, you know, that support or just that landing ear or just for that guidance or just for that mentorship. So never forgetting, you know, keep positive bridges with people. Right. Don't burn them. Because we do meet one another mm -hmm. in so many different avenues um, of life. So I'll always say, just remember, everything that you're doing here, don't forget that. And it doesn't have to be your instructors all the time, your staff that we have here for you, mm -hmm. the friendships that you're making here, that people are a wonderful resource as you are matriculating throughout life. Right. And, and when you're thinking about people being resources, I don't want us to always think that's going to be a roses and strawberries relationship. Ooh, no. um, the best mentors will hurt your feelings. Sure will. And call you on the carpet about stuff you're not doing. So don't run from those kinds of people. Right. They actually usually mean better for you than people who are yes to me. Absolutely. Um, they're the people who are going to say, I see your potential. You're not measuring up to that. And I'm not going to let you do it. Once again, I saw a TikTok person <laughs> who said the other day, he said, I'm a protector and I'm going to protect you even from yourself. Wow. And those are the kind of resources in terms of people mm -hmm. that you need, people who will protect you from yourself. Okay. When it comes to resources, um, you know, life happens to each and every one of us. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that it's ever too late to go back to college or to start the journey? Absolutely not. Not at all. Um, my my background is very unique. I was raised by my godparents, and within that structure, my godmother did high school graduate, went on, you know, many advanced level degrees in post secondary. But my immediate family, I'm the first of many, right? First to finish high school, first to graduate college, first to obtain the higher levels of degrees. But despite any other circumstances that my biological mother 
may have encountered or even my maternal grandmother encountered, they recognize still the benefit and the value mm -hmm. of even just a GED. And even late within life and what that would continue to, how that would continue to improve and increase if it was a job opportunity or if it was to say to grandchildrens and nieces and nephews behind us, hey, no, this is still very important to you. What uh, an education opens and does for your life. So no, it's never too late or it's never too late to even start. Education is truly, I know we think it's so cliche, it's a door that op opens many opportunities, but it absolutely is because it gives us the knowledge, that foundation, the skills that we need to continue to further ourselves, to have that life experience that we want. And again, to make sure that we're making a difference to those who follow behind right. us. Right, right, right. Um, I want to nerd it out for just a second. So as a, a teacher ed person, there's a difference between education and schooling. That absolutely. Right? So schooling is the experience we have with institutions. It happens in the four walls of a school, Albany State University, for example, right? Education is not necessarily the same thing. Now for those of us who are good or privileged, it does happen at the same time, but it doesn't have to. Right. So I told you all I was a college dropout. For the 10 so years I was out of school, I was being educated. Yeah. Right. And I brought that back to school with me and I was more successful because let me tell y'all the secret. Undergrad isn't hard. It isn't. What's hard about it is being disciplined enough to do what you're supposed right. to do. Right. Right. But the work itself is not difficult mm -hmm. if you just do what you're supposed to do. OK. So that's schooling. But education is realizing that this A doesn't mean anything if I can't apply it to my mm -hmm. real life. And it's never too late to learn that. Mm -hmm. So here's where I want to nerd out. There is a collection of letters, newspaper articles, and testimonies called the Underground Railroad Record by William Steele. If you've seen the movie Harriet, there is a you see the scene where she finally runs away to the north and she sits down at a desk with another black man mm -hmm. and he starts writing her story. Mm -hmm. Well, that really happened in the collection of stories called the Underground Railroad Record. There's a story in there of a woman named Cordelia. And Cordelia was in her 40s. All her children had been sold away. And she asked William Steele to help her escape. And she and he, in the testimony, kind of talk about how other people were criticizing her because they were like, you're old now, because 40s back then were old, <laughs> right? You're old now, you, you know, you got a good owner. She's letting you travel to, up north with her. And, you know, she doesn't whip you, so you're not being abused. You're crazy. Well, Cordelia wanted another life for herself, and it didn't matter what other people said. And, and at 40, which was then considered old, right. she decided to self-liberate, and she moved to Canada. She escaped mm -hmm. to Canada. But when I lose focus, I always think about Cordelia because everyone told her it was too late. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not a young woman anymore. But she didn't hear that because she had goals for herself. And I don't think it's ever too late to do the school thing if one chooses to. And I think it's always important to do the education thing, even if you're not in school. Absolutely. Absolutely. When it comes to education and value, the both of you attend the great HBCUs. Having attended an HBCU, what do you see as the value of attending HBCUs? Pride. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah. I still speak of my experience still as the best four years of my life. <clears throat> I wouldn't take take that. And there are certain things that, of course, I wish, wish I would have 
took that study abroad opportunity, mm -hmm. right? Or done moments like that. But to be amongst 500 other women, young black women who look like me, like I said, had the same resume, but knowing that we were all here for one purpose. Right. Mm -hmm. to because what an HBCU does it teaches you that it's not just about you it's about you and your community that this education that you're receiving is for you like I said before to reach back give back lift up encourage and motivate others to follow I just felt at home and even when I I remember my first week here at Albany State I remember staying outside of BCB, about to walk in, and I think we were getting ready for, or maybe a couple weeks in, getting ready for the first week back. And I remember saying, this is home. So it's, it's that sense of home, that sense of community. It's like Dr. Hope said earlier, knowing that you can have someone check you. <laughs> when you're falling off, when it seems like you're slacking, but it's because they, they understand that you're here for a reason. And if, if you, weren't you chose to be here so while you choose to be here let's make sure that you are making the best of that experience you still have a great time guys not to take away from that but still making sure that you understand actually the part of your question was the value of that education um, i encourage any young black person hbcu every day right for me it's the same there's a sense of pride from going to these institutions i went to two so I dropped out of Florida A&M University and I finished at D4 Valley State University. Go Wildcats. <laughs> um, definitely the pride thing, right? So you are, you love your institution, you love the families and relationships you make there. Mm -hmm. But the other part of it is the lineage. Mm -hmm. So when you Google the definition of a historically black college or university, the federal government is very clear that these are institutions started by black people for black people, right? The expressed purpose of educating black students. Mm -hmm. There is no other institution in the United States that does that. From its inception, this is the purpose. Absolutely. Um, and I think that says something about those of us who make the commitment to be here. Mm -hmm. Now, this might be controversial, but I'm going to say it anyway. There are people who work at HBCUs, and then there are HBCU people. Right. right? That's right. the difference. Yeah. And, right. And HBCU people hold to that original mission that my job is to ensure mm -hmm. my students are taken care of and they reach their full potential. I don't know that other schools do that. That they're committed to a group of people right. as those people are. Now, not to change the people, but to fully develop them mm -hmm. into their potential. I don't know that other schools do that we are able to do it and we have fun while we do it so dr poe trick question who has the best football team <laughs> family <laughs> albany state or fort valley oh out of those three because i'm gonna say right now it's jackson state wait um, <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah, yeah. They, they're going jackson state is going to become the university of alabama of hbcus wow i predict that uh, in fact they are that this this season but out of fam albany state and the fort valley <laughs> Correction. I, I the Albany okay, so State University. The, the, the boy more time. The unsinkable, undistractable Albany State University. I'm part of the rambling that wears blue and gold, orange and green. <laughs> but I do think the best football team is the Fort Valley State University. Mm -mm. <laughs> I mean, in terms of who sends the most players to the NFL, 
We gotta go with formality. I'm just saying. Okay. I have no fight in this guy. I attended and he hadn't picked it up yet spelling. So I have no, no fight in this in this question. <laughs> And that goes back to uh, another meme. Y'all have y'all seen the meme about we fight amongst each other when it's HBCU people at the table? Yes. But don't talk bad about HBCU. Absolutely right. not. You can't. So please understand right now, I have love and loyalty for Albany State. <laughs> but it's met by love and loyalty to my other two HBCUs. <laughs> okay, so we're going to move into work-life balance. So how do you balance your work and your personal life effectively? especially for students who are working and going to school. That's hard. I can tell you what what my life coach hat says. There is no such thing. Is that at any given moment you are making the decision to privilege one or the other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What becomes unhealthy is if you don't recognize that you're privileging one over the other. Mm-hmm. That is a choice. Mm-hmm. Right? So when I look at my calendar, I can choose to make sure my scheduling exhibits a balance, mm-hmm. or I can pack it all with work stuff. As black folk, we are conditioned to do everything for everybody but ourselves. Right. Right. I got to do this for them. I got to do this for them. I gotta do, and what gets missing is the stuff for me. Mm-hmm. But I will pull you all back to that adage of you can't pour from an empty cup. You got to make sure there are things in your schedule for you. Right. Right, because I'm not well. If I'm hungry, I get hangry. I'm not going to be productive <laughs> in that moment. If I'm sleepy, there have been t- when I was working on my doctorate, y'all, I could spend all night writing, and I feel like I'm in the flow. And the next morning, I read it, and I'm like, "What was that? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't even look like English." Mm-hmm. And I think I'm being productive because I'm staying up all night, but I'm not getting rest, so it's not quality work. Right. And sometimes you have to realize that the boundary is important. And for many of us, it's difficult, but we have to learn to say no. Mm-hmm. I can't do that right now. Yeah. Uh, even a not right now is a kind of no, but yeah. being able to say, now I'm not telling you to go to your professor and say not now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you do have to be able to say, I can't do it. Even with your friends, I can't. Listen, right. I, I want to go to the club with y'all, not tonight though. Right. Can we go next week? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. There has to be a reflection on what's important and what leads you to the goal. Um, I'll say this quickly and then I'll shut up. The, um, what's important to do is to take your five-year plan mm-hmm. and the goals that are on your five-year plan and make sure every day in your to-do list there are things to match those goals. Mm-hmm. Because what often happens, if you if you haven't done this in a while, you pull out your five-year plan, you look at your calendar for the week, mm-hmm. and you've done nothing towards goals two, seven, and eight. You haven't touched it. And then you get surprised five years from now when you didn't write the book you said you were going to write. Wow. But it's because you're not making sure you're balancing your calendar with the things you say you want. Mm -hmm. So many of us say we want a degree, but your calendar doesn't look like it. Right. So you got to make sure those two things are in alignment. Stay on my calendar, folks. (laughs) But I was the only thing I'll just add, and she got to it, is that for me, and all I can hear is Miss Shondaland, year of yes. Mm-hmm. I've done a year of no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and seriously, because it's like if mentally and even emotionally you're unbalanced, you're not going to be productive in any avenue mm-hmm. of what it is that if, if it's from uh, what your obligations are for work, if you're in a relationship, which none of you probably need to be focused on right now at 18, other than relationship with yourself (laughs) (laughs) and your studies, right? If it's, you know, even with friendships, oh gosh, 
let's come back and have this conversation and talk about how adult friendships are woo, another podcast <laughs> moment, right? <laughs> but being able to say no and, and not having guilt behind it because mm-hmm. you do have to take care of yourself. I am. I think it's great that we have a president that promotes wellness to, to say, check in. If you need a moment, you know, take a moment. I, I will take a whole Saturday seriously and do absolutely nothing, nothing. at all. Seriously, Dr. nothing. <laughs> I will turn off the phone. I nothing. I will go from couch to bed, from bed to couch just slumming Mm -hmm. just to give myself energy back because if we're not careful we will burn out Mm -hmm. because like she said we have been taught that we give all to everybody else but forget about ourselves right so you have to learn how to say no and then find things to re-energize yourself now i'm not telling you to slum all the time exercise a little bit eat healthy too drink your water please you know do those things but knowing when your body is saying I need some me time. I need to shut down. Pay attention to what your body is saying. Be in tune with it and give yourself that energy back. So what advice can you give to students to help them if they had issues developing a healthy work life or school life balance? I think she just, as she really said it, she put me in my place. Saying it, (laughs) seriously. You know, you create that calendar and it's it's very important that you do that, you know, short term or long term, um, however you're seeing it, but don't just write those goals down. But, you know, I want to achieve this and then five years later, that book still isn't (laughs) written, right? Mm -hmm. Actually, when you're you're putting those action items down, let's look at it that way, you know, I, I want to check this off. Or if we're going to do like like Dr. Trance said, I, I'm going to make sure this is on my calendar and I'm going to make sure I'm going to go back and check off that I've done that. You know, go back in and put in the work, you know, hold yourself accountable to it because nobody else can reach your goals for you. But you right. So, you know, really, like she said, if you're going to set that plan for yourself, don't just write it down. Actually put in the work to do it, but still find the balance of everything else that you need to do, you know, with other relationships, other obligations and responsibilities. But I'll go back to the doctor thing. I would just give myself, I know these are dedicated hours that I have. And I did have those moments where I wake up at 2 a.m. with a great idea. And and like she said, you read it and it's it's nothing. Mm -hmm. Nothing that can contribute to to what I'm attempting to do. But just give yourself set times and make sure you hold yourself accountable to it. Set timers. I'm I'm a firm believer. I'm going to write a note in my phone, create an alert for it, or to tell me, hey, this is what you should be doing. You said you're going to do it at this time, then hold yourself accountable to doing it. So give yourself your own check and balances. Mm -hmm. You got to be accountable for for yourself too, and not just you think the universe is just going to be through osmosis. It's just going to happen, right? It doesn't work that way. Right. Mm-hmm. You got to put in the work right. to make it happen. Right. Correct. For the record, since undergrad, I've never pulled an all-nighter or completed any assignments <laughs> after 10 p.m. Really? Never. Okay. All right, so here's the million-dollar question. What does rambling mean to you? I think it's just that. And I, and I love it. I think um, immediately 
when I, I was extended the opportunity, I, I began using Ramley. You know, even before my actual feet were on the ground of ASU, I remember my farewell and saying, but I'm joining the Ramley, mm -hmm. a new family that I'm sure will continue to allow for me and encourage for me to show my passion for, like you said, pulling out the potential that we see in our students, right? But also in fostering that in me as well. Mm -hmm. I love the unsinkable part about the Ramley because it, it just, and we should carry that with us in every aspect of our everyday because we're gonna face challenges, right? We're gonna face obstacles. You know, things are not going to go the way that we, boy, if I can tell 18 year old self too as well, baby, that plan, that blueprint <laughs> <laughs> that you thought would happen 20 years later, it may not go in that way. You're gonna have some bumps along the way, but I love that part about being unsinkable because guess what, I don't give up. There's no, any, to me, there's no such thing as failure. It's always a setback. And if I look at it as a setback, like the Ramley says, that gives me an opportunity to say, just try again. And try again uh, with a different set of eyes, you know, having different conversations with other people, reaching out because that's what we're here for. So Ramley is family to me. Um, and I was thinking about that this morning, honestly, and I was like, wow, I've built some great relationships just within the last year with individuals that I will hold on to if I'm here or if I'm not here. So just family. Mm -hmm. I'm big on definitions, right? So unseekable, indestructible. We like to say that's part right. of who we are. Ramley is a group of people dedicated to being resilient. Mm -hmm. When you say that I am unsinkable, what you're saying is I will not allow the, the situations I'm mm -hmm. in to defeat me. Mm -hmm. When you're saying I'm indestructible, it means that no matter what comes against me, it can't be. Uh, in the black community, we say, if you see me fighting the bear, pray for the bear. Yep. It's that kind of commitment. And I think I'm, I'm going to challenge our students. I think there are far too many of you walking around here claiming Ramley who aren't. Mm -hmm. You're too easily defeated. You cannot say you're unsinkable if you're allowing one bad grade to keep you in the bed for the rest of the semester. Right. That's not what that means. Ramley means if I'm feeling that way, to reach out to the resources provided to me by other members of Ramley um, to make sure I'm okay. So. If you're claiming the word, I just want y'all to make sure you're living the word. Hmm. Um, and that's what it is for me. As we wrap up the show, you all have dropped some gems throughout the episode. In two seconds, give a first year student the best advice you can give them. Two seconds? Yes. Not just right there. <laughs> screwed up already. Already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say, it just everything we just said. Um, let go of any of the intimidation. Um, step out, um, get involved. Um, continue to <clears throat> define, you know, what the rambling, who you are as a rambling. Um, 
take the risk and, and still enjoy it because your college experience, um, you are, you're, you're discovering who you are at this chapter in your life because it will change again. Um, but um, just, just step forward, um, let go of the intimidation um, and just give it your all, seriously. So my advice would be, you got it if you let yourself get it. Mm. Mm. That's good. Remember, your independent life is just beginning at 18. Always remain teachable and be willing to learn. Thank you for listening to this episode of What Would You Say to Your 18-Year-Old Self? Again, thank you, Dr. Pogue and Dr. Payne, for joining us today and sharing your journey from then to now. future Ramley episodes. If there's a topic that you would like us to cover, please message us on social media, Instagram at ASU underscore Ramley 101, Twitter at Ramley 101, or you can send us an email to universitycollege at asurams.edu. Thank you for tuning in. Ramley 101 is produced and edited in the studios of WASU. The music is provided by the Albany State University Marching Rams show band. I am Felicity Felder. Thank you for listening. Looking to start a podcast? Anchor is a free app that helps users create, edit, and publish their podcasts free of charge. Yes, it's free. You can also make money with Anchor by collecting listener contributions or adding advertisements into your episodes. So head over and download the Anchor app so that you can start creating content for your people to view.